knockoffs, copycats, imitators. They all share one thing in common. They always pale in comparison next to the true original, just like the stylish and versatile Lexus RX, the crossover that paved the way for others. And it's still the best for one simple reason. Nothing else is as good as the original. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. The Big Bark, listen up dog owners, it's for you, all you canine lovers. It's your favorite podcast, The Big Bark, with your host, Dara Burke, and canine co-hosts, Bruno and Millie. The Big Bark. Hello and welcome to The Big Bark, Ireland's favorite canine podcast. I'm your host, Dara Burke. And as always, I am joined by my wonderful canine co-hosts, Bruno and Millie, who are just floating around there somewhere, enjoying life, taking a few moments to relax before we hop into the middle of all this. So last week, I suppose, let's start off talking about, a bit about last week's episode. Um, it was actually our most successful and downloaded episode ever. So thanks to everybody who tuned in. And... Everybody really who wanted to hear Kim's story and hear it from Fahma Gunning, who already broke the story. We had Fahma on last week chatting, giving us the full details. And I'm going to give you a little update in a small while um, as to where that's at. Also last week, we had uh, Dr. Ashley Bugler from Treaty Vets on. And Ashley was talking to us about kennel cough. And the different, I suppose, the importance of getting your dog vaccinated against kennel cough and recognizing the symptoms and talk about treatments for kennel cough or as it's properly known, canine cough. Uh, Samantha also, Samantha Rawson, uh, also joined us last week, continuing our little puppy conversation. And she'll talk all about getting your dog socialized. And she also chatted a bit about the Control the Dogs Act as well. And how that actually kind of weighs in on the whole Save Kim case as well. So that was last week. Um, again, thanks to everyone who has kind of, I suppose, reached out as well. And just given appreciation for what we're doing on our side to raise awareness. And let people know about what's happening with Kim. Keeping people up to date. And I suppose to start off, uh, I look. I wish it was better news. Um, just today, I actually saw there is an article in the Irish Examiner today, chatting about this, and the headline, unfortunately, is "Pensioners' High Court Appeal Against Destruction Order Made Against Pet Dog Is Withdrawn." So, just to give you a bit of background, uh, a High Court appeal against an order directing the destruction of a Jack Russell Terrier owned by Mr. Rogers has been formally withdrawn. So basically, Donald Rogers has withdrawn his appeal from what we are gathering today. Um, now, the I'm just reading through this here as we go. It's, it's very sad, to be honest. Uh... The appeal was brought on 
grounds including that no evidence or history was given about the dog before the district court and so that was for the circuit court and he also argued before the circuit court that Miss Green appeared to be an animal here who had refused any settlement and was adamant that the dog be destroyed um let's see so, arising over that decision, Mr. Rogers sought to bring an appeal against the destruction before the High Court. In order to do that, he was required to make a preliminary application before the High Court, seeking an extension of time so he can be allowed to bring his appeal. Uh, the matter was briefly mentioned before the Deputy uh, Master of the High Court, Ms. Gornet O'Loughlin, a senior court official who deals with cases before they go before a judge of the High Court. Ben Clark, Barrister at Law, instructed by Kieran Freel of McHale Muldoon Solicitors for Mr. Rogers, said his client had decided to withdraw his application to have the matter go before the High Court and that the matter could be struck out. Representing herself, Miss Green, who we all know now as the animal hater and the one who is causing so much problems for Donald and who we are adamant at this age aggravate him because if a dog has no history uh, of biting she said the dog didn't even growl now I'm sorry but that's a whole pile of crap because there's no way a dog would just change just suddenly change its behaviour uh, representing herself she asked the deputy master if the withdrawal meant the destruction order remains in place and was this the end of legal proceedings regarding the case Mr. Lock- Mr. Lockton said she assumed the order did indeed remain in place Adding a while the case mentioned before her was at an end, any other potential legal actions were a matter for Mr. Rogers. Mr. Clark agreed with the deputy master that the issue of going down further legal avenues rested with his client. Now, basically what that means is right now the destruction order against Kim stands. Um, Donald, from what we can tell, has withdrawn his appeal. Now, I'm not sure where it goes from here, but it's definitely really sad, really sad news. And like, look, we've already appealed on air to this woman, but she just doesn't want to listen to anyone. But she clearly, look, clearly has no heart. She's, I fully agree with Donald. She's an animal hater. So you're not going to change her mind, unfortunately. As to how this plays out from here, it's very difficult to say. We will keep you updated and we will continue to bring you the latest news on this. Um, It's very sad, to be honest. It really is. And I'm really hoping that we can see Kim saved Right now, it's not looking overly promising. But let's just hope and let's hope that Donal and Kim, that there's something else lined up that might allow Kim to be saved. We'll be keeping you up today, as I said. Um, So, look, it is a, a very sad state of affairs. I would, however... Look, I have seen a lot online of basically what is people calling for vigilante justice. Uh, I've seen a lot of people threatening this woman 
online and like I can understand why people are so angry but this is not going to help Donald it is not going to help Kim so please just keep calm don't resort to any sort of action that will antagonize this heartless vile woman even more and just best things that people can do are continue to support the petition continue to support the fundraiser for the GoFundMe for Donald just continue to support Donald and, and Kim in any way that you can without going outside the law because that's not going to help anybody because this woman will use that as a weapon in her defense and she'll use it against Kim and against Donald they're the ones who will end up being at the end of, at the blunt end of this okay so that's all we have for now on that we will bring you more updates as we have them we do need to move on with our show and focus on what's happening overall today so first of all uh okay we have a good we have a bit to come on the show today We'll take a break from the health hub this week and we'll, we will be back next week with the health hub with three vets and we will have Dr. Siobhan O'Neill backwards next week. This week though, in just a weekend just gone, we went down as far as Petmania in Ballysire in Limerick. It's Petmania are celebrating their 15th birthday this year. So congratulations to Petmania. We were absolutely delighted to go down and just hang out there and get, I suppose, get a um, a good chat with the manager, Natalia, and with the assistant manager, Andrea, about Petmania's 15 years in business in Ireland. So I'm just going to kind of dive into that right now. And this was recorded last weekend. And, well, look... Just have a listen to how Petmania have done over the last 15 years. And today the big back has come to you from Petmania and Ballysong in Limerick. Petmania are celebrating their 15th birthday this year. And first of all, happy birthday to Petmania. And second of all, I'm delighted to be joined by Natalia, who is the store manager, and Andre, who is the assistant manager here in Petmania. Ladies, a big welcome to the big back. Hi, Dad. How are you? <laughs> so, I believe we've had quite a, quite a fun day today with the birthday celebrations. We did, Dara. We had Animal Magic in to showcase a wide range of wildlife and natural history specifically designed to both educate and entertain any of age group. They had meerkats, they had owls, they had a snake and um, lizard, rabbit and guinea pig. Now, I kind of like everything there except for snake. I have a terrible fear of snakes. I just... Uh. Oh, believe me, Dara, I'm the same. I just I just can't do the snakes. But the kids were actually loving it. They were actually really enjoying. I was surprised. We had a four-year-old today. Her name was Lily. She was absolutely rocking the snake on her on her shoulder. So it was, it was brilliant. Um, the chinchilla on her head. Yes, and we had a chinchilla on her head as well. Uh, we took loads of photos, and I think we had an amazing day today. And okay, so Petmania is 15 years old this year. 
So tell us a bit about, I suppose, how long have each of you been with Petmania? What's it like to work with Petmania? And what's, I suppose, what's the best thing about your jobs working with Petmania? Uh, I'm with the store 13, uh, since 2011. Um, every day is actually a different day. Um, from coming from meeting puppies and kittens and reptiles, any day is a different day. So you help with the people, especially the, the customers that come in with new puppies and they don't know what to expect and what they need to know. And so we give them as much help and advice as we can. Yeah. And I'm with Pitmania since um, March 2020 when we had this pandemic starting so we don't know what we are doing um, and I have to say what I love about Petmania is you have this amazing interaction with the customers you know they come in with the puppies with the dogs and they're the babies so we have to make sure that um, it, you know we help them we give them what they need and also um, Petmania is doing um, a puppy care classes for the puppies every second week um, Saturdays so then we kind of educate people on the on the puppies and we help them out so so yeah so I've spoken in recent weeks to some of your groomers I spoke with uh, one of your groomers up in Westport in in the Westport store uh, they were one of the episodes a few weeks back and I'll be speaking with Michelle from Santry on Monday but you have quite the grooming facility here and in all your stores, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Petmania has a fifteen stores, and every fifteen stores have a grooming. A grooming. Um, so we are the largest, the island largest grooming. Um, we here in Bay Simon, we have five groomers at the moment. We are grooming seven days a week. Um, nine to five every day so there is a quite loads of dogs we're taking in and in terms of then the grooming Petmania has this very variety menu of treatments so we start from the puppy first visits then you have a puppy rooms we do a different treatments like signature beauties the organic baths the shedding therapies um, you have also aromatherapy baths and the new coconut treatment menu summer well. one yeah summer coconut spa treatment yeah which i think it sounds brilliant i think i'd avail of those Isn't myself it? Really. yeah i agree with you and it's like do you know sometimes people will i will come in with the dogs and then we, we, will, we will just offer the grooming and they will ask us oh will you, will you do one for myself as well because it just sounds you can get a blueberry facial or paw treatment i think it's, it's amazing well, I'll tell you one thing. It definitely sounds like the dogs have nearly a better life than us. Like, and it definitely sounds like that here at Petmania, especially. They, they, they get better bats than I do. They do. They do, Dara. The dogs are absolutely spoiled. And, you know, even, like, with like our own dogs, like, Jen often, when she gets paid every week, she goes and she buys them a payday treat. And I, I'm like, we all do, we all do. The dogs are our best friends, so we have to make sure that they are absolutely spoiled. Well, she's making me look bad then, because I only get paid <laughs> monthly, so I only get the treats once a month. 
Anyway, tell us as well, you have a big competition running for your 15th birthday. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. That's tell right. us about that, Natalia. So, yeah, so um, Petmania is actually encouraging everyone to enter its competition to be with a chance a whopping 1,500 euros a Petmania gift card. So then, can you imagine how many treats you can actually buy for 1,500? And to enter the competition, um, whoever wants, they have to just join the Petmania mailing list before the 31st of August, um, and then the draw will take place. So whoever will do it, absolutely best of luck to everyone. Great. So where do they join the mailing list? So they can either join within the store by filling the form, or they can go to the Petmania website, to petmania.ie, and they can do it at home. That's fantastic. Well, look, ladies, it's been an absolute privilege to have you both on here today. And Petmania is 15 years old and wishing you another 15 years and many more a great success in business. Thank you so thank you, Dara. much, Dara, and thank you for having us today. All right, and thank you to Andrea and Natalia in Petmania in Barry Simon and Limerick for joining us there a couple of days ago just to chat a bit about the 15th birthday celebrations. Sounds like they had a lot of fun. They even had a meerkat in store. I'm absolutely raging that I didn't get to meet the meerkat because, like, I've often gone to, like, Sephora Island and places like that and seen the meerkats, and I'm always like, oh, I want to take home a meerkat. I want one. But, yeah. One chance I had to actually rub a meerkat, didn't actually get it. So quite sad on that one. But look, it is what it is. And I'm glad that Petmania have had like such a, I suppose, great celebration. And well, yeah, like look, here's another 15 years for them. Uh, it's a great pet shop to go into and would definitely encourage people, pet owners, to visit a local Petmania and quite a few nice goodies for your doggies as well. We will have more from Petmania uh, in conjunction with our 15th birthday anniversary celebrations a bit later on. We'll be chatting with the groomer from Santry and that is Michelle Walsh that we'll be chatting to in a small bit just later on. Uh, next up though, we're going to be chatting, going over to our Clever Canine section, and we will be chatting with Samantha Rawson about canine communication techniques. Clever Canines on the Big Bark is brought to you by the Canine College, run by champion dog trainer Samantha Rawson, a regular contributor to RT Radio and Television. Samantha is a certified canine behaviour consultant and with 30 years experience in the field. She has the knowledge and understanding to help any dog. Our services include individual dog training, from basic to competition standard, assessments and behaviour consultations. The Canine College is set on five acres with a secure paddock and an indoor classroom. See thecaninecollege.ie or find us on Facebook for more information. And we're back on Clever Canines this week with Samantha Rawson. Samantha, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Dara. Good to be here. So, Samantha, we're going to continue our conversation. We touched a small bit last week, I suppose, on kind of body language, and we said we were going to talk about that this week. So, 
Okay, we know, like, obviously dogs, they don't understand the level of English that, like, we have as humans, and they have their own form of communication techniques. So do you want to talk us a bit uh, about uh, the body language and the different signals that dogs give off? Yeah, thanks, Dara. I, I suppose the important thing to always bear in mind is that dogs are a completely different species. So even though um, you know that they share a lot of our emotional kind of um, traits, they they don't understand the world the way we do. So when we talk to them, sometimes I think people expect too much from their pups and young dogs. Um, so dogs communicate visually. Um, the, the, the kind of oral part of their communication is, is quite small in comparison to us, whereas we would kind of use oral and audible communication maybe 90% of the time, whereas dogs only use it kind of 10 or 20% of the time. So the, the, it's a total opposite. Their, their communication is visual and through signals. Um, so they don't use sounds, whereas if you think about it, we communicate with them mostly through sounds. Um, which is not the way they naturally communicate. So so it's very uh, inconsiderate of us, I suppose, if you think about it. So in order to communicate with them, we've got to communicate with them in a way they understand, which is through signals. So if you are trying to give a command, it must be paired with a signal. But even before we get to that, even before we start training, it's important for us to understand their signals and their emotional signals. Um, because so many behavior problems have an emotional um, root, if you like, or an emotional cause. So it's really important for us to be aware of our dog's emotions and how they are feeling at any one time. So just to talk a little bit about body signals, um, obviously the tail is probably the most obvious um, bit of, of, of the, the morphology of a dog that it uses to communicate. So if the tail is kind of up and it's waggy and it's happy, well, then obviously, you know, the, the dog seems to be okay. If the tail goes down, so if you watch the tail, it's almost like a barometer of how a dog is feeling. So if a tail is kind of mid-high, the dog is usually quite happy and content. If the tail is kind of higher than the than the spine, that dog is probably alert um, and is probably a little bit on the defensive side. If the tail is quite low down and kind of almost, you know, parallel with the, with the back legs or even between the legs, then that dog is very nervous. So if it goes between the legs, the dog is nervous. If it's kind of low and resting on the legs, the dog might be a little bit anxious. So kind of midway, the dog is happy. Very high, the dog is probably alert. So if you then have a dog that has good ear expression, now sometimes different breeds you know, the different breeds will, will dictate how they communicate. Um, so a, a dog whose ears are back is probably a little bit worried. Um, if his ears are midway, he's probably a little bit cautious. And if, he's, if he, his ears are forward, he's curious. So again, you know, between the ears and the tail, you get a good idea of what the dog is actually feeling. If the dog is worried or, you know, anxious, they will usually try and avoid the situation. So avoiding eye contact, kind of turning their head and looking away, maybe giving little stress yawns. Um, it's really important to notice how much dogs yawn because they yawn a hell of a lot. And yawning is a real indicator of stress or discomfort. 
Um, so if you see a dog giving a little yawn, you know, that that's telling you that he's probably feeling a little bit overwhelmed. Um, and if your dog is feeling overwhelmed, it's really important to get him out of the situation. So it's up to us to make sure that we listen to our dog's emotional needs. And if they're feeling uncomfortable, that we get them out of the situation. So usually if a dog vocalizes, so say if your, your dog starts barking or, you know, barking at another dog. Most of the time they're feeling uncomfortable. Now, some dogs will bark out of excitement and they want to get to the other dog. But most of the time, it's really the dog is saying that they're uncomfortable. So it's important to give them space and to um, increase the space between them and the other dog or them and the person or them and the sound that they're frightened of. Whatever it is that they're concerned about, that you increase the space between them and the, the stimuli that they're worried about. So space is really, really, really important for dogs. So, you know, going to talk about space, space extends to everything in a dog's life, whether it's the bed should be big enough, the lead should be long enough, the garden should be big enough, the bowl should be big enough. Um, what really shocks me as a dog trainer and behaviorist is how little people realize the space the dogs need. Um, so space to keep safe, space to be able to, stand up, turn around, lie down, change their sleeping position if they're in a crate or a dog pen. Um, space in a garden, enough to run around and to maybe pee and poo in privacy. Um, and space in the bowl for them to kind of, you know, mooch the food around. Um, an awful lot of dogs that I see, that either the bowl is too small or the bowl is too big. Um, more than not, the, the, the bowl is too small. Um, so giving a dog space in lots of areas of, of its life is, is really, really important. But again, just going back to body language, um, if your dog doesn't have a long tail and maybe has short ears. So let's take um, an English bulldog. So an English bulldog's communication is severely compromised because of how we have selectively bred it. So sometimes it can be very hard to read the emotional state of an English bulldog. And that's where it's up to you to get to know your individual little character because you live with it. Um, but again, an English bulldog, his eyes might be a little bit, you know, he might blink a little bit more or he might yawn a little bit more or his ears would move slightly back if, if he was worried. Um, and even his little stump of a tail will kind of go down. If you watch his tail, his little stump will go down. Um, or even if he's no tail, he'll lower his bum to the ground. So, so dogs with no tail tend to lower their bum to the ground because they're, they're trying to protect their most important assets, if you like. Um, so, so for dogs that don't have, you know, good, um, good tails and good ears to be able to indicate, look at the other things that they do. Where are their eyes? Where are their ears? Do they turn their head? Do they lower their body? Are they kind of panting an awful lot? English bulldogs obviously pant because of the way they're bred and that they're part of the breath. Brassophallic breeds, I can't say that word, squashed face breeds, you know what I mean? Um, so those dogs will have a very hard time kind of panting and breathing in hot weather, but also they have a hard time if they're stressed. So it's really, really important with those um, squashed face breeds to make sure that they don't get stressed um, because their breathing is so important. So if you're anyway worried or if you don't know, if you're kind of looking at your dog going, I'm really not too sure well, then, you know, get the dog out of the situation just in case, because you won't do any harm by removing the dog, but you'll certainly do harm by keeping the dog there or even moving forward. 
but you will never do any harm by taking a dog out of a situation. All right, Samantha. And Samantha, tell me, how often do you come across, I suppose, dogs that don't understand the body language of other dogs? So, like, you could have one dog giving a signal that they want to be left alone and Mm. want to be just, like, they don't want another dog coming near. How often would you find that, like, you could have a really, I suppose, energetic hyper dog who doesn't yeah. actually read the signals properly. Um, it's it's quite rare, Dara, but usually dogs like that have been overexposed to other young dogs or pups. The, the thing to really bear in mind is pups don't teach each other anything. So puppies hanging around with other puppies is is not a good educational experience because all puppies want to do is play. Now, some puppies will give a nip and a bite and and the other puppies will back off. But because they tend to be around the same size, they they don't back off. So the only dog that can teach a puppy good communicational skills is a reliable, safe adult dog. Because an adult dog will kind of bare its teeth and maybe strip its gums back, but won't do any damage. You know, it might, might correct the pup, but it certainly won't do any damage. And then the puppy learns what those signals are. And also learns that, you know, if, if the play gets too boisterous, an adult pup will put it in its place fairly smartly. Um, but the adult will very, very rarely hurt a puppy, whereas puppies will puppies playing with each other could absolutely kill each other. Um, and there's and there's no kind of adherence of signals going on. So so I don't allow puppies to play with other puppies. I expose my puppies to adult dogs where an adult dog will tolerate them but will also correct them, but without doing any harm. That's some very good advice there, Samantha. And before you go, we've got, uh, I suppose, a couple of questions. Maybe uh, one or two of these are directly related to the uh, kind of canine body signals and body language. But the first one here, it's a question that came in earlier on from a listener on Instagram. How can I uh, teach my dog to stop barking while playing fetch with a ball? Um, I suppose my question there, Dara, would why would you want to? Because if he's barking while he's playing with the ball, he is probably excited. Um, and I want my dogs to be happy um, when they're playing with me. So I would kind of, you've got to kind of pick your priorities and what criteria you're looking for. So are you looking for the dog to enjoy playing with the ball or are you looking to teach the dog to be quiet? But the thing is there is as soon as the dog picks the ball up, he will be quiet. So the barking in that scenario, if that's an adult dog, that sounds to me like the barking is out of frustration. So the ball isn't coming quick enough or the, or maybe the dog has been asked to do something before it gets the ball and the dog is frustrated. So if you think it's a frustration kind of barking, I would turn my back and walk away. But if it's you're teaching the dog to play, well, then I would kind of encourage the barking. So it really depends what kind of barking it is. And then again, that's back to the owner to know, is it frustration barking? Is it excited barking? What kind of barking is it? Okay, very good, Samantha. And I have another one here as well that came in. Uh, My dog does not like other dogs and growls at them. I don't know why or how to help him. Okay, well, it's okay for dogs not to like other dogs. I I think there's there's a misunderstanding amongst new dog owners that dogs like every dog they meet. They don't like every dog they meet, no more than I like every person that I meet. And they are perfectly allowed not to like other dogs. So if they don't like the other dog and it's growling, it's asking the other dog to give it space. 
Now, if that dog is on a lead, it can't give it space. So the dog that's on a lead can't give it space. And then the dog that's growling can't get space because it, it also is on a lead. So if your dog growls, it's really, really important never to correct it, that you read it, you heed it and you give it space. If you correct a growl, you might force the dog into aggression without warning. So that's where people say, oh, you know, he exploded without warning. That's because the growl has been corrected. So a growl must never, ever, ever be corrected, but always respected and heeded. So give your dog more space. That's brilliant. And I have one more here, Samantha. I have a rescue dog who intensely stares at smaller dogs. Never nips or bites, but his eyes look like they will pop. This guy comes back as forced to like the kind of the body language and I suppose some dogs would use their eyes, as you mentioned a while ago, like bulldogs could use their eyes. So what would be yeah. your advice there? Okay, that sounds like it might be a hunting type dog. And because it's a rescue dog, you don't know what the background is. So that dog might have been used to kind of chasing other little dogs around the place. Or if it's a lurcher or a collie type, it might have been taking kind of lamping where, where, where people will take a dog out hunting for, for rabbits and hares and stuff. So if it kind of looks at a little dog with those kind of squinty eyes as if it's about to pounce on it, that's probably what it will do because it's, it's seeing the other dog as a prey animal. Um, so I would try and distract that dog with some food or some toys, but be very careful because if that type of dog is off the lead and sees a little white dog like a Maltese Terrier or a little Bichon or something, it could well mistake it for a prey animal like a rabbit. So I would be very, very careful if you've noticed that behavior in the dog, try and distract it and break its focus. Don't let it kind of, you know, fixate on on whatever it's fixated on. Just try and break that fixation and move it away because it sounds like it might have been used for hunting in the past. That's very good, Samantha. And look, we'll leave it there for today. Thanks for taking those questions. And once again, thanks for all your tips on uh, dog body language and the different things to recognize there. Samantha, awesome. Um, Go ahead, Samantha. <laughs> sorry, Dara. Sorry. Just to give you some reading recommendations, if anybody's interested in, in canine body language, um, there's a guy called Roger Abrantes, who's an Arch- Argentinian guy, and he wrote, wrote a book about body language a few years ago. Um, then there's another one called Dog Speak by Stanley Corrin, which is a great book. It's on my, on my bookshelf. And then the latest one is a book by Breda Burkhoff, I think her name is. Um, and it's a big, huge book. It's quite big and heavy and it's quite expensive. It's about 90 euros, I think. But it's a lovely illustrated book and it's full of illustrations about dog communication because you really need to see pictures of dog communication. So I would recommend um, those three books for anybody who's interested in studying canine body language because anybody who's interested in behavior, you really need to know about body language. That's fantastic. And thanks for that, Samantha. Uh, look, we'll leave, it, we'll leave it there. And thanks for joining us again today. That's Samantha Rawson from the Canine College on our Clever Canine segment. Clever Canines on the Big Bark is brought to you by the Canine College, run by champion dog trainer Samantha Rawson, a regular contributor to RT Radio and Television. Samantha is a certified canine behaviour consultant and with 30 years experience in the field, she has the knowledge and understanding to help any dog. Our services include individual dog training from basic to competition standards, assessments and behaviour consultations. The Canine College is set on five acres with a secure paddock and an indoor classroom. 
See the caninecollege.ie or find us on Facebook for more information. And a big thanks once again to Samantha Rawson there from the Canine College for uh, popping in and chatting to us a bit about how dogging can space and how you should know what the body language that dogs are giving you, uh, the different signals the dogs will give you to let you know if they're stressed or if they're happy or if they're playful or if they're just uncomfortable and nervous in a particular environment. So we'll have Samantha back again next week and we do really look forward to these chats uh, every week about different like doggy behaviour tips and dog training tips so it is really informative and hopefully Samantha will answer some of your questions again next week as well okay and as I mentioned earlier this year is Pet Mania's 15th birthday so the 15th anniversary celebrations are ongoing in many other shops around the country right now as you heard earlier we were chatting with Natalia and with Andrea below in Bally Simon in Limerick where they had their 15th birthday this weekend just gone. Now, I'd like to be joined online to talk a bit more about the extensive grooming service that they offer by Michelle Walsh, who is a professional dog groomer, grooming trainer, and canine first responder trainer at Petmania. Michelle has worked with Petmania since 2008 and is a recent recipient of their contribu- contribution to Pet Care Award, acknowledging her long-term commitment and passion for caring for Ireland's dogs. Michelle, a huge welcome to the Big Bark. Thank you very much. So, Michelle, it's from what I understand, you're with Pet Mania for quite a long time now. You're with them since 2008. Um, so, first of all, congratulations on the award and... What's it like to work with such a company? Thank you very much. Um, like working, I think I've been here so long. It's because I, I just enjoy working with dogs. It is, it's so nice having the same kind of dogs coming into us all the time. Um, like that, there are dogs that I have been grooming since kind of the early days, and I've worked with those dogs up until. They're very, um, some of them, their very last days, and then I'm seeing new kind of de- them customers coming in with new dogs as well. So I'm kind of going through the the generations of the dogs coming into families as well, which is really nice. So I I suppose like you opened with like just a wash and dry cup menu, but in the years that gone by, like grooming has changed so much. So, like, it's changed so much since 2008 when you would have started. So tell us exactly, how has dog grooming, and specifically with Pet Mania, how have your treatment uh, menus and all changed over the years? They've changed so much. We've had, when we started, as I said, it was literally wash, cut, and and blow dry. Kind of the the bog standard um, grooms. There was kind of the dogs coming in kind of every every kind of three to anywhere but kind of three and six months for their grooms. Um but now it's it's after changing so much um where we've got all of our all of our different packages. Um so we'd have like we've we've gone from rich as I said the wash and dry um the wash dry and cut all the way up to our mud baths um our total wellbeing packages which is a brilliant one for cover and kind of that covers everything. So that covers your flea treatment, your worm and tablets, 
um, you get your conditioner, your facials, um, and even what people are looking for has changed a lot as well. What people are looking for in their grooms has changed so much. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot more regular um, occurrence in the grooms as well, which is which is really good to see. Yeah, definitely. And like you mentioned, how much has changed, and I suppose with that, we've seen a lot more. I suppose mixed breeds. I suppose you put it like. Uh, deliberately mixed breeds as well at that. Like you have your cavachons now, you have your cockapoos, you have all these different breeds of dogs. And has that presented, I suppose, challenges to you over the, over the last few years? Or what has that actually done to change the way that you operate? Oh, it's definitely, definitely changed. We've a lot more of the crossbreeds coming through. So when I first started, there was a lot of kind of the Yorkies, the Westies, the, the as you said, the proper like the the actual the, the actual breeds, and now we've we've gone into a lot of as you said the crossbreeds with the the Cavachons, the Cockapoos. Um, the main I think the main challenges of just with those dogs, like they are our kind of our biggest type of dogs coming through the doors now. Um, the biggest challenges with them is kind of just helping the the owners, helping the the customers with with the dogs, because um, a lot of them kind of they a lot of them they kind of see a fluffy dog and they don't realise that there is actually an awful lot of maintenance involved with with those dogs. There's an awful lot of brushing, there's an awful lot of grooming, um, like that. Those type of breeds kind of should be groomed every kind of four to six weeks which is which is a lot and they will need that grooming for the rest of the rest of their life um so they that's kind of the biggest just making customers making the customers and the owners aware of of what's in, involved and just to touch quickly then michelle like obviously like you said there that it's really important that the courts are looked after because you're, you're going to get, if you don't look after these coats, you're going to get things like mahin. How important is it that these coats are looked after regularly? It's so, it's so important because with, it, with them, as you said, with them not being looked after and brushed, they will be get matted. It does start to pull and twist the skin as well. Um, and then it will start start to hurt the mats will. And you the, the best way, the most humane thing to do is to shave to shave them down tight, and a lot of a lot of it is that's not what the not what the owner wants, but it is what's what's best for the dog when they do get into that. Now, obviously, some of them some of the knots some of the knots can be brushed out, and uh, they can be taken out with products as well. But when when it is, sometimes it can get that extensive that it does have to it does have to be shaved quite tight, um, but like. And we will try and keep as much as much of the coat as we can, you know, and um, just to try and keep them. Keep it's like sometimes we can try to keep the ears, try to keep the head, just to keep them something that's a little bit a little bit of their personality as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, but like, look, I suppose it it does make it difficult, a lot more difficult for you as well. Then when customers come in and their dog is severely mad like that, so. 
like I suppose it is important for all dog owners to remember like they, they do have to look after the coats themselves even outside of grooming on an ongoing basis definitely definitely all all of the breeds not just not just the the newer ones coming on the scene um as even the even the short even the shorties would need would still need it as well the, the types like your jack russells and your labs they definitely would because when we have them in here we're you know we're doing a full body inspection on them as well so we do see kind of the lumps and bumps as well that if they do have any 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 skin conditions or anything like that we do see them and we even notice things that people wouldn't notice at home even even simple little things like the dog being a little bit out of sorts in the groom studio dog that usually comes in happy some dogs can come in and they're not as they're not the usual selves you know what i mean we do pick up on on those little things that we we do pick up on those little things as Um, we're seeing the dogs yeah, and I suppose, like, another area that I suppose a lot of dog owners just let go and they don't even think about, it's something that we actually spoke with on our Health Hub with Treaty Vets there a number of weeks ago uh, regarding dental health. And you offer a really, um, I suppose, in-depth dental ultrasonic toothbrushing service. Would you tell me a small bit about that? Yeah, so I've... Or teeth cleaning, um, so it's 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 basically just it's maintenance, um, to keep it on top of because I because I um maintenance keeping on top of of the brushing of the teeth, um, so it's an ultrasonic it's an ultrasonic toothbrush, um, so it's not abrasive, it's just it's nice and gentle, it's just using the toothpaste and the ultrasonic, just to reduce remove the plaque off the teeth, um, now obviously if it is if it is bad, uh, we will recommend to go to your vet. Um, if it is beyond kind of what we can do, um, but it is really, really good just for for maintenance. We were tr- we're looking into kind of getting it. Um, it's really good for puppies as well, just to get them used to the the feeling um, of having their teeth having their teeth done, um, and just making it a, a part of the part of their groom. Um, that's where we'd be kind of looking on, looking at it. Um, it is, it is a really good, really good service. Um, just even, even the older dogs that have had their initial work done by the by the vet, it is really good just to, as we said, just to keep keep on top of it. Fantastic, Michelle. And just, I suppose, one last question. And this is actually one that we often get from our own listeners here on the podcast as well. How important is it that you start grooming your puppy young? And, like, how young should you be starting? And, like, at home as well as regular visits to the groomer. How important is it to start young? It's so important. It's just as important as what as what food you have your dog in it's just as important as what bed you get it's so so important like you'd want to be starting start grooming at home as soon as you get as soon as you have the puppy in your hands you want to get them used to the brush you want to get them used to the comb you want to get them used to being handled and and touched and um and then getting them getting them professionally groomed you want to start usually two weeks after they get their first vaccine 
uh, sorry, two weeks after their second their second vaccine is usually what we say. So usually kind of the, the 14 to kind of 16 weeks. Um, and what we do first is so we do a puppy's first visit. Um, so that'll be washed, dried and the nails clipped. And then we do like a little weight check and stuff with that as well. But it's just to get the dog, get the puppy used to all the sights and sounds of the groomer studio. Because it can it can be so scary for them on their first their first time. Because sometimes a lot of these puppies it's their first times away from the owner and it can be hard for the owner as well to leave their puppy as well. Um but usually we just get them used to all the sights and sounds. So what we do is we kind of pop the dog up, pop the puppy up onto the table, give them a little brush, get them used to the brush, give them a few treats. Um, then we'll kind of move on to the bath. We'll turn on the water in the bath, but we won't put it straight onto the puppy. Um, just to get them, as you said, the sound, the sound of the water in the bath. Um, then we'll slowly kind of move the move the shower head over to the puppy, over to, over, put it over the coat. Then we will. Then we'll move on to the shampoo um, and then we'll start with, then we'll rinse off the shampoo. Sometimes that can be, that could, in the bath can be a scary part for them as well. Then we will move on to the dryer. Um, now the dryers that we'd have in the studio wouldn't be the same as the dryer that you'd have at home. It'd be a more high velocity dryer. And um, so with that one, it'd be, we start off nice and slow as he's not even pointing it at the dog yet. We kind of just point it at the, the wall, just to get them used to the sound. Um, and then we'll slowly, slowly move it towards towards the dog just to, to get them used to it. So we just go at their pace if it's too much for them. And if we know it's too much, we'll stop, we'll stop and we'll try again another day. Um, and then when we do our the second Second one after that, usually about a month, kind of four weeks, four to six weeks after the first visit, and we move on to the puppy brew. So that'll be a little bit more. That'll be getting them used to the, the scissors and getting used to the noise of the scissors. And even you might actually not get anything cut, but it's just to get them get you know what I mean. Something that's going to happen to them every every four to six weeks for the rest. For the rest of their lives, another, you know, thirty and fifteen years, depending on the dog. Like it, it's so important, so important to start, start them, start them young, definitely. Fantastic, Michelle. And look, uh, very best of luck for Pet Mania over hopefully another fifteen years and much more. And delighted that we could have you on today as well to talk about the service that you offer Pet Mania. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Michelle. And a big thanks there to Michelle Walsh from the Century Store of Pet Mania. And delighted to have Michelle on to chat to us about Pet Mania's last 15 years as a pet shop and with a grooming salon. So very happy that we had the chance to talk about that and have the chance to talk about how much grooming has changed over the last 15 years. Like, between all your different, I suppose, treatments now that you can provide for dogs and all the different, like, I suppose, mixed breeds, designer breeds, as people like to call them. Um, I don't like to use that word myself, but all these different mixed breeds which are being mixed intentionally, let's put it that way too. 
Uh, so yeah, designer dogs is probably what we call them. But like how much everything has changed. And it was great to hear that from Michelle. And thanks to Pet Mania for taking the time to uh, invite us down to the Limerick store last weekend where we chatted earlier on with Andrea and with Natalia, who I look, I think they did very, very well when you consider. I don't think they'd ever done a radio interview before, but look, they, um, they did quite well and uh, they, they handled the pressure for me. So, look, all good, all good. Well, look, that is about the end of our show for this week. Uh, thanks again to all our guests and thanks to Samantha Rawson from the Canaan College. Thanks to Andrea and Natalia from Petmania Limerick. And thanks to Michelle Walsh from Petmania in Sanctuary in Dublin. So it was, it was um, quite a week. And, you know, we will be back again next week with a brand new episode as always and we will continue to keep you giving you updates on the uh save kim story not sure where it's going to go from here as you heard earlier on but look we'll keep updating you anyway and hopefully it does have a silver lining at the end of it for donald's sake because like look this is such a heartbreaking story and it is something that we want to make sure that we're at the forefront and supporting donald through this and that we want every dog owner in Ireland to be supporting Donald through this. Like I've seen some nasty comments on social media about the dog and people defending this woman. Um, I don't think this woman deserves any defense whatsoever. And that might be harsh, but like she's after putting this 85 year old man through horrible, horrible trauma. And like, just what she's doing to him is pure cruelty. And look, as they say, what goes around comes around. So I would be, like, as I said earlier, I would be encouraging people to abstain from any, um, I suppose, vigilantism as has been put out there on social media. Don't give her a reason to make things worse for Donald and Kim. Don't give her a reason to, like, go after anyone else. Um, I certainly won't be giving her a reason here, but, like, I still think, like, look, Karma, as I say, Karma is a female dog. Let's put it that way. We won't actually put it in uh, the actual proper way, let's put Anyway, uh, I think I've talked enough for today. I think I've talked enough for the whole of Ireland today. And... We will leave you on that note and we will keep you updated. We will be back next week with a brand new episode. We'll have our health hub with three vets back next week as well. We'll have Samantha back next week too on another doggy training and behavior uh, segment on that as well. So we have a lot to come next week. And as always, well, you know where to find us. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on TikTok, I think. Uh, Still don't use it can't use it don't want to use it i know jamie from trails and tales uses it quite a lot and he's um yeah so look he is um quite good at those waffly videos anyway so jamie is quite good at like the whole tiktok thing i must actually have a chat with him and see how you use it find us on the big bear podcast on any of those 
and you'll find us on the Big Bad E. Listen in to this episode and all our previous episodes over on Spotify, iTunes, Podchaser, Amazon Music, and anywhere that you get your podcasts. And I suppose until then, all that's left to say is have a good week and give your doggies lots of cuddles from us here. Good luck. Listen up, dog owners. It's for you, all you canine lovers. It's your favorite podcast, The Big Bark, with your host, Dara Burke, and canine co-hosts, Bruno and Millie. The Big Bark. <laughs>